yeah, Christmas time. It's an incredible time of the year. And uh, last week we looked at the Bible and we we saw that the Bible is not a story. It's not a uh, it's not a fairy tale. It's the real word of God. It's history for most part of it. And uh, the Christmas story, like most people would know it, is also actually more the history of the birth of Christ, more than the Christmas story. And uh, in the church, it's, it's something that brings hope, peace, joy, and love. That's the story of Christ coming to the world. And um, like any good story, or like any good story that you've heard, there's a little bit of a backstory to it. So in the Bible, we establish like the lineage of Christ right in the beginning of the, of the New Testament. And what, why is that important? It's, it shows us where he came from and all the prophecies that he fulfilled. Like this from the line of David that uh, every single prophecy in the Old Testament, Isaiah and Genesis, and all were fulfilled in Jesus' coming. So it actually starts off with the story of John the Baptist, not the other John. John the Baptist. And it introduces us to a couple of other characters. Herod is in there. Uh, early on, Zechariah is John's dad. And, Jared, and he's the, the high priest at the time, actually, in Jerusalem. And then Elizabeth is John's mom. They're old. And they haven't had children. So at the table, we had a little bit of a discussion last night. Uh, oh, yeah, other character, Mary. Eh? All of you know who Mary was. So Mary was related to Elizabeth and Zachariah. So what was that relation? Cousin. We're going with cousin? Yeah, huh? The guys are good, huh? Yeah. I was going with aunt, actually, originally, to be quite honest. <laughs> but I was wrong. Somebody said sister. We won't point him out. Um, but that, that would be awkward if, if, uh, if, if it was sister, because John was the first child. Uh, it's like, yeah. Uh, so, let me get back before I squirrel too far away. So John is a miracle baby. His parents, an angel appears to them, and they have John, the, the Baptist, who points the way to Jesus. And in there, there's spoken of, of Herod and everything. And then Mary gets a, a visit as well. So at least Elizabeth was, was married, and she wanted a child. Uh, Mary is young and unmarried. And she gets an angel appearing to her, same as her aunt or cousin. See, because she was older, that's the thing, okay? Um, but she gets an angel that appears to her, and this angel says to her the following. Let's see. Well, before I go there, let me just... I want to I wanna read Luke 1.1. 1, 1. Let me do that first. Sorry, backtrack a little bit. Luke 1.1. 1, 1. So... Yeah, I just want to establish rock solid that this is history uh, and not just a story. So Luke 1 says, Many have 
undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled amongst us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the world. So if there's a crash and you have eyewitnesses, then that's good. If there's a crash, no eyewitnesses, a little bit of a problem. He said, she said. But eyewitness account. People were there when these things happened. And Luke says many people have tried to write this down. But, therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis. So he's writing a letter to Theopolis. And he's saying, Theopolis, let me tell you what went down so that you have a good record, a clear understanding of the history that has just taken, taken place. So pop quiz again. What's the second book of Luke? You know, there's a second book that Luke wrote. Uh-huh. Acts. Well done. I'm very pleased. So how do we know that? Because Acts doesn't say Luke 2. So Acts starts with the words, Theopolis, as I wrote to you in the first book. Here's the the rest of it. So read that in Acts. It it starts off with, Theopolis, here's the second bit. So anyway, (laughs) little little bit. We don't read the Bible like that, do we? It's like it makes sense. But yeah, very important. It's an eyewitness account that we're going to read today. And uh, okay, let's Let's look at the birth story of Jesus. Now, you've got a little bit of a background here at John coming, miracle baby. Uh, Israel is at war. Well, they've been defeated actually. They, under occupied rule, has been for many, many years by then. So, not a nice place to be in at that point, Israel. They, they, the centurions and foreign people with weapons and stuff looking and, and telling them what they can and cannot do and, and I don't think it was a nice, nice time for the Israelites so as I go through the story I would like you all to listen to the different characters that's coming up and think in your head who do you think you could be like which one of the story would you be I'll highlight them. Um, don't, don't choose the donkey, okay? <laughs> You're not the donkey. You, you could be, but... Sorry. If you do choose the donkey, I'll ask, and then God might say something about that. Okay, let's look at that. So, we're going to Luke one twenty six. So, Elizabeth is pregnant. And we see, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. That's a scary thought. I'm not not married, everybody. 
So Mary was greatly troubled again. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So she doesn't really fight this much, does she? She's like, how would this work? That's quite a characteristic of Mary. It's like, how would this work? The angel answered, how would it work? So the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. How amazing is that? And then, Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. What an incredible story of Mary hearing that she's going to have a child. I am, I'm your servant, God. That's her response. So, you could choose Mary. Servant of God. And pregnant with the gospel. That's amazing. Okay. Then, let's jump to Matthew. So, Matthew 1 verse 24 Why do I go to Matthew? Because Luke wrote the story from Mary's perspective. So he's talking about the angel that speaks to Mary. In Matthew, you won't see that because the angel actually speaks to Joseph. And we let me go back to before that. You don't have to go there. So before this, obviously... Mary is pregnant and she was going to get married to this guy, Joseph another, another character and it is said of Joseph that Joseph was a follower of the law so he was a devout follower of God he was a follower of the law and now his fiance says, listen I'm pregnant and uh, it was God and he's going, yeah, right. Uh, so, because he, he wants to be honorable, he decided, you know what, I'll take the shame. And he knows the law, the Jewish law, and he says, what I'll do is I'll marry her, and then I'll divorce her. And then it's my problem. Then I'm the bad guy. But she won't be shamed. So that's his plan. He's going, I'm not going to raise somebody else's child. But I'm also not going to put a shame on her. So that's what I'll do. I'll just divorce her secretly. And it'll take a while before everybody finds out. But then it's me. So God jumps in here because he's going, wait a minute. I've got to talk to Joseph. So an angel of God appears to Joseph. And he says the same thing to Joseph. He says, listen, Joseph. No. Don't divorce Mary. The story she told you is true. When he wakes up, actually, well, it's in a dream. Yes, that's right. Okay, so in a dream, he has a dream, and, and God tells him 
tells, tells him that. So that's also quite something to respond to a dream that God gives you, isn't it? So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So the angel told Mary Jesus. And in a dream an angel told Joseph Jesus. The amazing thing for me of Joseph is he becomes Jesus' dad. He adopts him as his son. He raises him as his son. He looks after his, his mom. And he also has more children, his brothers as well that we know of. And, and he's an obedient follower of God. So not only does he know God and the, and the law, what it says, when God speaks to him, he's willing to shift his position and go, I'll do what God says. Joseph, you could choose Joseph. Huh? Luke 2 verse 8. So we go back to Luke. So again, interesting, the shepherds aren't in Matthew. So shepherds, there are other guys you could choose to be. Shepherds out in the fields, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. This is nearby to Nazareth now. Bethlehem, sorry. (laughs) My mom's watching me. There's shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I would be. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And Mary treasured all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Shepherds, you could be the shepherds. They were the first evangelists. They heard, they heard the angels speak. They heard God speak in the field. And then they responded. So they didn't. So angels appearing would be something. Like you stand there in the field and wow, an angel says, there's a baby in a manger and stuff. I wonder if all the shepherds went. They didn't, don't say. Did they leave one behind to look after the sheep? The farmers would like that. If the shepherds would at least leave one. Continue doing the water for us. We'll come back. We'll tell you about it. But they go off. They go find the baby. They find him exactly like the angel said he would be. And 
then, once they've found him, they don't keep it to themselves. They are too excited. They are overjoyed. And they go spread the news. They go tell everybody about it. Shepherds. So, what do we see? Obedient and walking according to God's revelation that he was giving to him. So, let's go back to Matthew. Matthew 2 verse 1. So now we find some other characters. These characters are not in Luke. Maybe only in Matthew. <laughs> so after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Magi. Wise men from the east, we were told. They were a group of people that were known in that time as the king makers. So they were advisors to the kings of the east. And they, to a great extent, influenced who was going to become king next. And advised them how to rule their countries. These guys searched through scriptures, saw the sign of the star that they saw foretold, and came and looked for the king of the Jews to worship him. So they knew something. They had some revelation. And then when they saw the sign, they acted on it. They were willing to travel. And they were wise. They were discerning. Because I think they picked up something inherent there from the beginning. Because they're a little bit sketchy even with the information they give him when he asks them at the remote first. He's, Herod's a scary character because he's king. He can do anything at that point. There's nothing that he can't do. He literally holds your, ha- your life in his hand when you're in his presence. And the wise men are wise. They don't answer him straight. And we see them go to find Jesus and they're overjoyed when they find him. 
and they worship him, worshippers of Jesus. You could be the Magi. They're also obedient. They also hear from God. And when they get warned in a dream, again, they, they listen and they actually risk their lives not to expose Jesus. So trustworthy with his life. God shows them a star. A sign reveals something to them. They find him. The other thing that I see there is that they gave treasures. They gave from they gave of themselves. I like the Magi. So which character did I leave out? Yeah, no, don't choose Jesus, okay? If you want to be Jesus, come talk to me afterwards. And then if you over seven, we'll have a long conversation. <laughs> Under seven, you can be Jesus, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, we're not Jesus. Um, the innkeeper, I left out the innkeeper. So, little story. Can I tell you a story? To the kids. Um, my mom would know the story because it happened in her school. My mom has been a music teacher for many years, did many plays for, for Christmas time. And in one very famous one in a school, the following happened. So they, they practiced the play. And there was the donkey, probably two boys, the big standard five boys. And Mary with a doll under a thing and, or a cushion. And the whole play goes down. And they practiced it many times. And the choir is singing. You know? And... Uh, on that first night of the play, all the parents are there. Big hall, about a thousand parents sitting in the hall. And um, the play starts, and Mary walks with Joseph, and it's a far road. And she's very pregnant on the donkey that carries heavily. And they get to the innkeeper, and they knock on the door, and they say, uh, Is there any place to stay? So they've practiced this many times. The innkeeper says, no, there, there isn't any place, right? That's his line. So he looks at Mary, pregnant, Joseph, and he goes, instant decision. I'm not that innkeeper. Yes, come in. <laughs> Lots of space. <laughs> so he decided, like, there is no way that I'm that guy that points Jesus out and lets him get born in a stable again. He's coming in today. <laughs> So, you should have recorded his name because he's famous. <laughs> but actually, you can't be the innkeeper, even if you want to be the innkeeper that lets Jesus in, because there is no innkeeper in the Bible. I just want to help you with the story. There is no innkeeper. I read, there was no inn. This is the year zero. There is no holiday inn. There is no Southern Sun Hotel in Bethlehem. There isn't commerce and business like we have it today. There's no Airbnb that you can book. It's not that Joseph forgot to make a booking. It's not that the booking went south on the internet. There is no inn. You go and live with somebody that has a spare room. Somebody must open their house for you 
be hospitable and let you in. And in the town of Bethlehem, there is no more spare room. So they actually find themselves in a town where they don't live anymore. They have to be there because they've been told by the Caesar that they have to go write their name on a list. And they've traveled there. That's about 100 kilometers on a donkey, pregnant. And, and they get there probably late. And all the spare rooms have been taken. So that is how they end up in a stable. Uh, not because there's no reservation possible. Life was a little bit different then. And uh, so you can't be the innkeeper, sorry. Um, so there's one character that I also left out, though, that is in the Bible, that I haven't given you a choice to choose. And that is, how about Herod? Who wants to be Herod? Nobody wants to be Herod. We'll get back to it. Okay, let me, let's do Herod. Before I, give you, before I give you the choice of the other ones, right? Herod. Herod is dishonest. So Herod lies to the Magi. He tells them not the truth. He says, I too want to go worship the king. But he doesn't. We know that. He's selfish. Why? Because he's hearing there's a, there's a bit of a thing going on here. My son must be king. And now there's another guy that's a king. And No, 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 no. I'm going to put a stop to this. Scary thought is that he, who does he call to speak to? He calls the, the spiritual leaders of the time in Jerusalem. And he says to them, where would this baby be born if it is the Christ? Where do they find the answer of where to get Jesus? In the Bible, in the Old Testament. They quote scripture for him. And they say, this is where you'll find him. That doesn't deter. He wants his own purpose. And then he tries to kill Jesus. So there's the scripture, Matthew 2 verse 16. This is after the Magi have left. They didn't tell him. When Herod realized that he had seen, he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time you had learned from the Magi. So, Herod decides, you know what, I'll just kill all of the babies that were born in that time. I should get the right one. I'll destroy any chance of this king being king. He wants to keep the crown. And although we don't want to choose Herod, we all... Definitely before we saved, we start out a little bit more like Herod than we want to be. Scary thought, isn't it? But there is selfishness in me. I probably would use anything, including scripture, to get what I want. Definitely at some point in time in my life, I did. My mom's prayers worked. And we'll go, you know what, but I'll never kill Jesus. But 
really? Because I wanted the crown for myself, definitely before I knew him. I wanted to go, like, I wanted to be the king of my own life. So I definitely wanted to dethrone Jesus in my life. And I'll be honest, sometimes when I, when I don't guard myself, when I'm not that much in Jesus and much in God, then I still dethrone Jesus in my life. Because my life is important. And what I want is what I want. And the heart puts us on a Herod journey. So although I hope none of you chose Herod, I think we need to be honest and realize that Herod in us needs to die. And each one of us needs to continuously find the grace of God to kill Herod in us. Because he just rises up every time. You, you put the old self to death, but it's got this weird thing of being a zombie. It just comes back at you all the time. And there's a continual process in our lives of killing ourselves and becoming more like Jesus. So, let's go through the list, the nice list. Mary. Who chose Mary? Now you have to respond. So, I'm going to take a note. Because each one must choose one, right? So somewhere you have to put up your hand. Nobody Mary. No Marys. Ah, Liesl will be Mary. That's there. I've got some Marys. Yes. Good choice. Mary. And as we go through it, I want to I tell you guys, I know the guys wouldn't want to choose Mary because she gets pregnant and everything. <laughs> Especially in today's age, you know, you, you shy away from saying, I'll be Mary. But all of us, <laughs> all of us needs to be a little bit like Mary. The characteristics that Mary carries in this, in this piece of history, a servant of God, obedient. She knew what it meant, but she didn't fight it. She just wanted to know, how would, the, how would this happen? Like, just explain it to me. And the angel did. And then she said, that's great. I'm a servant. I'm here to serve God. And, and the picture for me is that she becomes pregnant with the gospel of God. And are we pregnant with the gospel of God? Like, is it in me? Like, you can... I've never given birth, obviously. But... A pregnant girl gets to a point where she is literally pregnant and now she must give birth. Are we that pregnant with God's gospel that we, we will have to get this out? This has got to give life. I cannot keep this in anymore. I've got to give life to the gospel. Is that a characteristic that we all should have? Definitely. Obedient. A little piece that I didn't write is when uh, I didn't read was when she goes to her cousin Elizabeth. It says she's filled with the Holy Spirit. That's an amazing thing. It's the first time we actually hear in the New Testament somebody filled with the Holy Spirit. 
prior to Pentecost Day. It's not then when it started. But she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she, she was a songwriter. She sang a song. It's there. You can go read it. Joseph. Okay, guys, we can be Joseph. <laughs> but we should all be a little bit like Joseph. Huh? He's a follower of the Lord. He studied the scriptures. He is faithful. And he's selfless. He's not Herod. He's willing to take the fall on behalf of Mary. Even before God spoke to him, he was honorable. And then when God speaks to him, he goes, you know what? Now it doesn't matter what the people say. Because we do pick up in the gospel later on that somehow the people knew that he wasn't the dad. Well, the shepherds sort of like let it out, didn't they? (laughs) But that story spread. And people that didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was said that he was just an illegitimate child. And Joseph was not his dad. And Joseph lived with that. We're not entirely sure how old he got, but old enough. And that was fine for him. He became Jesus' dad. He accepted him as his child. He took him to the temple to be dedicated. And he raised Jesus to the best of his ability in the ways of God the Father. I think he did a great job. So, guys, we can be like Joseph. He gave Jesus his name. So even there he was obedient. He didn't give him Joseph. He went, now listen, Jesus. The shepherds. Out on a field, looking after the sheep, farmers. And they also, angels appeared to them. I think that would be pretty cool. I'd like to be the shepherds. And for me, the interesting thing is that God reveals this incredible thing to the shepherds first. Other than the family, the shepherds first. I think they were young and not that learned and not that complicated. So they were willing to listen to God. They were willing to leave whatever they were doing at night and go and find Jesus. They're the only ones in the stable. They're the only ones that see Jesus born in Bethlehem. Other than his mom and his dad. So they are the eyewitnesses. And they're reliable eyewitnesses because after they've seen it, they actually go and spread the gospel truth. They start this. Without them, Luke cannot say, I have researched this. I myself, he says, have investigated, carefully investigated every single thing. And according to the eyewitness account, I would imagine that Luke spoke to some of those shepherds in that town and went, was it you? Did you see the angels? Yes. And what did they say? So, shepherds, are we shepherds? Will we give a 
true representation of God? Would we be the, the guys that can be quoted, eyewitnesses, reliable? And would we be excited and overjoyed to do so? The Magi. I'll be honest. That's what I chose. Who chose the shepherds? Come. Shepherds, shepherds. Dirk. Joseph. Who chose Joseph, guys? Joseph. I like that. Joseph. Nathan? All that's left is the Magi and, the, and, and Herod. Neither one. You have to choose one. <laughs> I'll explain it to him. I'm sure he's going to be the Magi. The Magi. Not doing magic. Wise men. Studied. Broadly. Traveled. For a long time. Out of their way. To go find something that God has revealed to them. They're not even sure what. It's like the king of the Jews. What does that even mean to them? But somehow there's, they know from scriptures, they believe this account, this mystery story, which is very intangible to them. They go, we're going to travel on camelback through some deserts to get to, and it's quite dangerous, at risk. They're carrying treasures with them. And then they, they're willing to give treasures to this little baby that they find not in the manger, in the house where they were, still in Bethlehem. And then they hear God. So in a dream, they hear God. And then they're also obedient. So will you be obedient when you hear God? Will you be able to give of yourself, your treasures? And they were the first to worship. So they said they were looking to go worship the king. So they were looking for Jesus. They were, and God says this, look for me and you will find me. And they, they were the first ones that we see. They looked for Jesus and they found him. And gave treasures. So, yeah. None of you have to be Herod, okay? <laughs> we, we would, we, we want to kill Herod in ourselves. It's, it is important. And we have to, the way we kill Herod in ourselves is by looking at these other characters in the story and by becoming more like them 